Welcome to Emu Air. Please take a moment to review the safety card in your mind as we go over the following procedures. To buckle your seatbelt, spend any of your lifetime not living under a rock. In the event of hard times, the map report may be used as a flotation device. It will keep you happy when skies are gray. Should you experience a lack of oxygen from too much laughter, simply press the pause button and complete your laughter. Resume breathing normally and press play. Please take a moment to find your nearest outlet for humor. Keep in mind that the nearest jokes may be behind you. We know you have a choice in podcasts, and we thank you for flying the map report. Our expected cruising altitude today is zero feet, because emus don't fly. Let my home back in Omaha See if I can make it out in the world Got as far as Wichita Suddenly I wasn't sure anymore Lost all my friends in Los Angeles And I'm not welcome in New York But I must stop back in Omaha where the fans, they always crying out for Welcome to Map Report number 86, August 8th, 2007. Members, present Hebrews! See... What we were trying to do was a 21 no, map no. salute, and what we ended up and with the, was that was a, like that was a cross between this, an emu and a frog. Russ, what was brap, that? Brap. Well, I'll tell you exactly what that what was going on in my mind as you were doing that. In my mind, when you do the 21 gun salute, the guy has like four or five different commands that he shouts out. Right? He's like, uh-huh. "Present arms, and fire!" And then they go. Poof. Oh, you're right. Keeps doing that. You're right. So when you just said present emus, I was like moving my emu up to the starting line, and he was like, mur, 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 mur. but he wasn't like actually saluting yet. What? The emu has a low idling engine. I don't understand. Walks around. I see. Okay. That wasn't him talking. That was just him moving. I see. Well, okay. We want to welcome everyone to listening into the show. And in case anyone's wondering why we're doing a 21 map salute. This is a pretty solemn absolute of all time. It is. It was bad. <laughs> and this is a really solemn, solemn show because, um, well, some so, something very important has happened, and uh, we've all were kind of broken up about it. And we thought, how better to celebrate this person than through a twenty-one map salute with guns, like with with guns, <laughs> because he cared about that and slabs of meat. So we've actually had twenty-one steaks each, and now he feels better. Um, so, the announcement, ladies and gentlemen, listeners to the MEP report, is that Mr. Story Clayton has moved on to higher pastures. By which I do not mean he has passed away from this life, but I do mean that he has passed away from the MEP life. Story is officially moving on from the MEP report. Um, he made the decision a couple of weeks ago, and we, uh, we mourn his passing. Um, as you will note when you see the picture on the website that we've put together for this, you will see that we mourn his passing. And we thought it only appropriate that we began with a really 
inconsistent and incoherent <laughs> 21 MEP salute, which sort of fit totally our incoherent. <laughs> which sort of fits our incoherent friend story. No, um, so story's moving on. He's doing very well, but he uh, moving on is moving on to other things, and he will still be involved in doing some stuff with the website. But on and off, I but would say so much moving on is wanting to do what he all the things that he needs to get done, and he thinks he can't. Get and he it thinks done he can't get them done because of the map report, which is put, really right. Yes. <laughs> like he wants to exactly. There you in go. fact, he would like to stop moving along entirely. Like, right. Don't He'd ever like move to anywhere. stop and look around. And done. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. That's basically his theory. So we wish Story, of course, the very best. Story will um, definitely probably check in every so often. We've definitely committed him to one show a year. Uh, he's promised us that. We may or may not be able to get him to more than that. I'm not making that up. That's true. He actually no, committed to a show it's a year. Kind of funny. And that so, um, and so we are we are very sorry um, to see him go, but we wish Story all the best. And of course, he will still, as I say, guest star and be doing stuff for the website on occasion. But every passing, every parting leads to a welcoming and and that's why we're happy ladies and gentlemen to welcome the third and uh, newest member someone very familiar to the MEP report and that is our friend Joe. Joe, if you, I mean, no, no, I'm just kidding. Nipsey Russell. <laughs> Nipsey Russell, welcome to the Met Report. Yay! And no, it's... <laughs> all right. Nipsey, right. yeah. All right. Oh, Nipsey yeah. I'm on the talk. He's here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I have no idea what Nipsey Russell sounds like. I don't know. I think, yeah, well, I, I think he sounds like that. I know you're pulling out all, like, different things. I was ready to, like, for you to I say, like too Brown. hot in a hot tub. No, you were going to James uh, Brown. George. W. Walker. Bush is joining. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and Wayne Newton will be joining the MEP report. Um, so Chappelle. the person who's actually yeah. joining the MEP report full-time is Clea. So we want to welcome Clea into the show. Clea's been a spot starter, Yay. and now Clea moves into the full-time rotation. I'm moving so up from the minor league. She's been promoted from AAA, and uh, she signed a, a contract which is laden with incentives. I have not so seen my contract. So she doesn't produce a lot of jokes um, in the next yeah, couple no months. We can, we can DFA her. So... <laughs> So best wishes to Story and welcome to Clea. And uh, Russ and I are still here. We're still cooking. And uh, Russ is. Uh, in fact, Russ, can we? Can I make this announcement, or do I have to cut this out? Can I? Can I make the other big announcement about you? I think you already made the announcement, Greg. Oh really? Did I? There's oh yeah, I guess we did do that. Uh, well, yeah. did I? On the show? Did well, we really? Before you do that, I just <laughs> wanted to allow one more person. While we're just still wishing Story goodbye, we had one more announcement that the uh, another member of the show wanted to wish Story off. So we're just oh, going to okay, play okay. back uh, for okay. you. Yeah, okay, yeah, recorded yeah. the message. Okay, okay. So go, go to it. it. Yep. Storybald Ichthyosaurus Clayton Purveyor of jokes Judger of all Unmatched moralist We at the Mepropot Bid you adieu For in this Episode 86, in the year of our giant flying beaver, 2007, you did 86 yourself, from the bounds of this podcast, in the hopes of 
getting your shit together, and being a more productive person. Here's to hoping that your shit does, in fact, remain clumpy and not fragment into loosely collected bits. May you be productive. May you be efficient. May you find ways to get things done. And while we at the show will attempt to carry on as best as we can, we hope that you will never forget the tradition of fun and uselessness and laziness and abject ambivalence that represent what we believe so deeply in. Giant beaver speed, young Storvald Clayton. May the road always rise up to meet you. And may your days be void of emus from this day forth. Okay, so there's that. Mm. All right, um, that was very nice. It was moving mm. and um and and touching in a way that I yeah. Greg touched me in places <laughs> that I I can't just talk Greg about. Greg used to take the right tears. Now. That's right. Away, you know. Bagpipes are are Scottish though, are they not? They're not Irish. It would have been better if it was Irish, I think. But well, yeah, yeah the, the Irish were too busy. But most way. people, you know, those Irish, they were too busy drinking to play music. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, 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 sorry. Now, most people in America <laughs> don't really know the difference, so it's okay. I know they're like Irish, Scottish, uh, one of those Celtic, some green suburb, <laughs> some green person, England, whatever. <laughs> they're all Vaguely cousins connected anyway. In some way. Yeah, they're all cousins anyway. Very charming, very charming. Well, so uh. our best wishes to Story, and we'll see him around here these parts, I'm sure, again in the future. And, uh, yeah, so we, we move on. And, and the other big announcement, which is very important for the show, is that um, in retaliation for Story's move... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Russ is like, that I'm taking my football and going home. Uh, Russ is moving in back retaliation. out... We have armed the nuclear silos in Los Angeles and are aiming them directly at Berkeley, California. That's right. <laughs> and no Russ is going to enter the nuclear codes and then get on a plane and get the hell out of Dodge. That's basically what's happening with, um, yeah, with, with what's happening. So, Russ, you're, uh, you're coming back out east, my friend. You're returning to the Big Apple, to the place of your birth, as if you were a salmon That's returning true. to the place where you spawned. Um, and I've you are returning here. I've made an emotional here. commitment to... Well, no plans have been made. I've I know. I've made the mental... <laughs> An emotional <laughs> commitment to move back to New York soon, <laughs> relatively soon. So that's going to happen. Which is great. At some point. So we're okay. very pleased about that. Um, yeah. And so, you know, af- actually yeah, soon, TeamSpeak will no longer be the preferred method of choice because yeah. we'll actually have people in studio, <laughs> which is... Uh, that's if he gets his ass all the way up to the Bronx. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. If, if he moves to Staten mm-hmm. Island, we might have an issue, but... I'm talking. I'm moving to Binghamton. I didn't know you guys expected me to be in the city. I mean, <laughs> Sudi Rockport is beautiful this be time of year, I hear. Saratoga <laughs> Springs. Buffalo, I hear, is cheap. Yeah, that's right. Very cheap. Oh, like, man. Yeah, I had a, I had a dream the other George. day, Russ, that you, you were in. That, like, as if you were already here. You're already a part of now my dreaming world. Uh-huh. What was I doing? 
I don't know. We were just around, and then I think the alarm went off, and I thought I turned it off, but in the dream it was still going, and I was like trying to tell you guys that I needed help to address this because it was like the it was in my head, and I couldn't get it to stop. And, and Russ was like, really ring, 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 <laughs> ring, 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 right. ring, 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 ring. You're so silly, Russ. Why are you pretending to be an alarm clock? I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I had one of those uh, the other day where for some reason I had this dream where Shelly Duncan from the Yankees, you know, the the new rookie guy, um, was for whatever reason speaking like the radio stuff and he was doing sports talk. And I was like talking with him and he's like, well, you know, the thing about the Mets are is it blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wow, this guy's great. Then I woke up. I was like, ah, yes, there's the radio. That's why Shelly Duncan was doing sports talk in my dream. (laughs) I don't know why. It was a little uh, it was a little random. But yeah, so we don't we don't have an alarm. We have it go to radio, so that can make things really confusing. That's true, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Shelley Duncan's a very dreamlike character, though. Like he's like this overgrown, ogre-looking fella. He so looks like the I dude from the Goonies. More like, like Shelley Duncan was chasing me around trying to eat me, and then I woke up. Or something. <laughs> yeah, no, it was very, it was much more normal and rational, which is bizarre. And you're Shelley right, he does look a little strange. Shelley Duncan was the rancor, and yeah, I was the Skywalker right. or something. <laughs> You were the rancor keeper. You're crying after he was taken out, Shelley Duncan. Right. Um, but. Um, it was a little bit disturbing. All right. So I think you guys are in denial. You're changing the subject off of um, story. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of, you know. Well, actually, so, I, I, I do have one it fun anymore. It's not fun anymore. We don't <laughs> no. do. We're not fun. We don't know how to have fun. We are far away from fun. <laughs> we are for no fun we are for boring. us. Boring. <laughs> That's why in this we can reveal this now. In Gaelic, meth actually means depressingly, saddeningly boring. And so we chose that because we knew that we'd never be able to strive past that adjective. So I'm a little down now. There actually. It is. Yeah. I'm kind of. So speaking of funny, Russ. I want to ask you a question. Now, of course, you are, um, you might not be the perfect person to ask this question since you're not in a serious relationship right now. Baloney. I'm always in a serious relationship. (laughs) Okay. And that's always funny. And so, (laughs) clearly, whatever you have to ask. Okay. So, on two separate occasions, I've written uh, jokes, well, three separate occasions, I've written jokes about Greg in some fashion or the other. And in two of the mm-hmm. three instances, he's asked me to not tell the jokes. Should uh-huh. I respect that and not tell the jokes? Or should I go, okay, honey, and then just tell them when he's not in the Let audience? Let me give you an example. What's tall and blonde and a big jackass? My husband. <laughs> ha ha, there he is. That is not. I Yeah, you can see why I didn't want that tall. That is well, not one of my jokes. It's a, it's a balancing act, Clea. It's like, you know, do you want to come off well on stage or have a stable personal life? And whichever <laughs> one of those you choose, exactly. you can have. I love your black and white not thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs nuance in comedy, really? I, I just like to hit people over the head. Yeah. Yeah, Nobody well, no. It, it's, I think, part of it, Nobody and we've does. talked about this even with the MEP report. There's, there's a certain amount of stuff that I don't mind. Like, Clea has this joke where she talks about how I'm super competitive and the only way she can get me to do anything is to, like, race me to do things. Now, that doesn't bother me because although there is a grain of truth, it's a little bit absurd. And besides, everyone's like, oh, haha. But if she went on to tell a joke about something which I felt I was either super sensitive about or which just didn't make any sense. She's like, so the other day, you know, Greg is sitting around, you know, burping, farting, and, no, you know, pouring give, his beer on the floor. Don't give a stupid example. That's, what it is you know, is it's a joke jokes about something he's super sensitive about. Well, and yeah. so he doesn't want me to tell them. There you go. I think that's reasonable. 
I mean, you're yeah. stifling my creativity, <laughs> Greg. Hey, how many images have we made with Greg in them for the Map Report front page that have been nixed on the cutting room floor? Yeah. Two, in fairness, but they just weren't appropriate. <laughs> right. Two. Oh my God. Two. <laughs> Two. Jeez, I thought it was a half of one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, two. Yeah, and so I guess that's I guess that's a good question. Like, if you as a comedian, if either of you as comedians know that something is particularly sensitive, I mean, Russ is already somebody who likes to push the envelope, I recognize, but I mean, I assume there would be limits, right? Like, I assume you would avoid making jokes about some things that your family members or people were particularly sensitive about, presumably. Or am I wrong about that? No, I mean, if you're going to do it and you want it to be funny, it basically has to be whatever touches you the most acutely emotionally. Like, whatever pisses you off the most, whatever's the most grotesque, the most abnormal, the craziest thing, that's what you would have to go to immediately to want to write about it. So, unfortunately, it doesn't really work that way. There's no, like, and then he chews really loudly at the dinner table, and (laughs) holy crap, I can't believe that. But what if if you were my ex-girl? friend you would make that joke but otherwise <laughs> oh, most Jesus. people aren't bothered by that <laughs> wow I, I do get bothered you by see? that a little bit wow. <laughs> you have to be mean yeah mean, baby well and that's and that's kind of the problem like people have always talked about this like i was reading this uh this website today had this comedian who claimed that he was super clean and so he could be used for like business functions and parties and stuff and so you always wonder does he mean super clean when he's like and therefore really not funny like what does super clean mean to him i, no, I, would I mean wonder i think about a lot of my jokes are clean no they are but i mean when you out when you go out of your way to talk about how appropriate you are for business parties doesn't that show how inappropriate you are for being funny no. like i mean you know, as long as he's only referring to his language and yeah. subject matter, like if he's not literally talking about sex and using obscenity the whole time, then he can advertise himself that way. Without, yeah. You know. Okay, but presumably if you're tell- he still gets into interesting things right. that don't involve being on the toilet right. or you know cursing Jesus right. or something. I was right. going to say, what's there the what's, what's the uh, what's the line here though? Like, I mean, in your case, like mental seppuku, right? Would that have been a joke, which would be something which would be off limits? Or let's say flinging monkey poo at the waiters, wouldn't that be a little that would be over the, the top? Me- Mental sub- suicide, yeah, I think, would be okay. But mental suicide's okay. <laughs> yeah, I think Unless it's it would like be. a religious I function, I think it would be okay. Yeah. Well, you probably wouldn't want to tell it to well, an allegiance like of a, Asian businessmen. workers <laughs> convention, or like a, a dentist convention, or like some profession that's like highly prone to suicide or something, then I think right. it should be fine. Or right. the Asian Samurai's League. That's probably not... You wouldn't want to tell the seppuku joke there. Well, actually, be. there's um, uh, a, a, a fellow comedian uh, is putting together a show that we might be doing um, not this Saturday but next Saturday and she sent me a little email on MySpace saying it's actually it's a birthday party which is always uh, comedians cringe when they hear birthday parties but then it's a birthday party for a woman whose daughter is throwing it and the daughter says that she's kind of heavy so not to make any weight jokes <laughs> and oh this is boy. who has like a whole thing about like her middle and suddenly realize like how she has this whole joke of where suddenly she realizes her back feeling her back back fat and she feels it and she thinks maybe someone's touching her when really it's just her back fat. She has all this stuff about like body awareness. Oh, that's great. It's yeah. like having company when you're all by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> My old friend back, back fat. fat. <laughs> no, oh, I think that's perfect. There, back fat. <laughs> Hello. I'm fine. <laughs> just no. getting comfortable. Don't mind me. I'll back fat. That's a cat. 
No, like that'll be perfect because like I, I think that'll work out really well because you know you can you can throw some things out there and just sort of see whether she, you know maybe she would find this stuff she'd find comfort in numbers like maybe if people make jokes like that she'd say oh wow so it's not just me like if Nethy is in the middle of a routine then she like points to the woman and she's like you're feeling me right you know what I'm talking about this happens to you all the time right right you got the back fat. you know you know what I'm saying back that was fat. an awesome movie by the way do you guys do you guys ever see that movie the movie back fat, back fat. I wasn't aware there was yeah, a movie yeah like Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell and man, you know it was about the firemen, and then they were all brothers. And you mean backdraft? Backdraft? Back fat by Ron Howard. People are blown backwards out of a diet clinic. Kablam! Back fat. Oh I god. Thought. That was like the sequel the to like uh, Mama's House Six. Was subtitled Back Fat. That's, that's I never saw that movie. Mama's House 6, it was Back crappy. Backdraft. <laughs> I never saw the movie, but I did partake in the Universal Studios uh, ride. Which mostly consists of you walking in a room and getting blown backwards with flames. You just do that over and over really? again. Yeah, it's no. really exciting. No, Not Craig's safe. making that up. No, no. It's great. <laughs> open this door. Careful. <laughs> careful. <laughs> oh, okay, next room. Oh, I wonder if it's going to be there. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's right next to the water park, just in case. You just run straight over to that. Right. So, Russ, are you, you saying know, you're? you're I, I get the impression you're not going to give us an opinion. You're just going to give advice. No, Russ I'm going to have to make my decision up for myself. I was hoping you would just like I, make oh, a decision for oh, me. Yeah, I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. Here's what you will have to face in making this decision. Okay. The material will almost automatically be offensive to Greg if you think it's funny. If it's not funny and it's quaint and polite, then it's going to be useless because it's not going to be funny. No, wait a minute. While at the same time failing to be offensive. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, look, if it's something that legitimately ticks off Clea, then it's going to be something that you don't want discussed in public on stage. But that's the only type of thing that would make for comedy material. Yeah. And so, therefore, I just, I think it's a non-starter. I already already did it at an open mic and I got, I got, I already did it at an open mic and I got laughs. But then, and then Greg, I know it's funny. it would be the same thing is like if your wife is an actress like are you going to be okay with her doing sex scenes in a movie or are you not and it's just like yes or no it's not you know you can touch but then you can't kiss with tongue it's just like you either do what the director says to make a good movie or you can't do it at all i, I agree I, I, I kind of except not because in this instance it's totally about greg it's greg saying he doesn't like what pe- how people view him he he wants he doesn't like it when people you know view him negatively and so this is all about his perception people's perception of him it's not you, know, you suck greg you shit your wet blanket ooh greg <laughs> This week on In the Mind of Greg Wilson, (laughs) this week on Dr. Laura's Mind, we learn what makes Greg unhappy. Greg, you're old. Greg's old, 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 old. He doesn't like it. We call him old. You're a wonderful mapper. The map of filth, putrescent garbage. But wait a minute, though. See, now I want to. Here's my thing. Why do you say this? But when Clea makes that joke about the whole thing about about you know me doing competition, everyone people find that funny. Uh, They always find that funny. Presumably, Clea finds it funny, and I find it funny, even though it's vaguely targeted towards me, although only sort of vaguely. You know. So. So his point is it doesn't have to be he's saying that i can find a middle ground right i mean you can try 
just warning you that... Because then here's the other thing, right? Clea, if this becomes, like, a popular bit of yours and people, like, really enjoy it and they wait for you to, like, bash Greg part of your routine, then you're going to start being like, well, it's working so well and I want to tag this joke and I want to add yeah, some stuff. And yeah. it's just, like, Slippery not going in the right direction. Yeah. I don't <laughs> and, think it can work. And before you know it, we have the whole, like, you know, why Greg's a jackass movie coming out from, like, the Saturday Night Live people well, starring Will Ferrell. It would be Will Ferrell starring me, clearly. Clea becomes, like, Rita Rudner or one of these people who just spend an hour talking about how their husband is Kathy an idiot. Griff- like, Kathy Griffin? People like that. Kathy Griffin is not married. <laughs> is she married? I'm just saying. Nobody would marry her? <laughs> God, no. Kathy Griffin talks about Hollywood stars, Greg, not her. Yeah, I just I threw yeah, it out there because I know she, Russ hates Kathy Griffin. She talks so. about oh. Hollywood stars and her, like, 98 cats because that's what her life is like. But Kathy <laughs> Griffin was e married. Entertainment with 100 cats. Right. She was Whatever. married. She is, and she's I'll a dog person. When I see it. <laughs> she was. Her husband traveled over. They, then they got divorced and they got back together again and then they, I think they got divorced again. Right. So that's what happens. Um, is it like Danny DeVito or something that she was married to? No. Some person who like had no earthly choice in life? No, but it, wa- it wasn't an actor or anything in anyone, like any Hollywood person. It was just... Was it Shelley Duncan? <laughs> I bet it was Shelley Duncan. Absolutely. And that's why Shelley is so wounded today. Hey, you guys! <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. Shelley Duncan? So that's the, Well, that's kind of the way he looks. That's Shelley Duncan. He sort of looks in that... He looks it vaguely really in that mode. Without all the makeup... But he's just like he's a sloth. <coughs> so okay. uh, it actually reminds me you know, a little. I had a big story I was going to tell you guys. Oh, go to it. The whole. I'll save mine for after. This girl proposed to me two weeks ago. Story that I never actually got to talk about on the Met Report. Yeah, I don't think Clea's heard yet. This is this is good stuff. I think I may have spoken about this as I do every time I go on a date and it doesn't go well, and then I rant and turn into a flaming pile of wrath on the Met Report. Um, but we'd gone out on a date and it was a poorly conceived because it was just like a let's go see a movie at midnight and this is not a good you know frame for a, a first date so we basically just sat there in quiet and then I walked into her car and that was the end of the date and then not surprisingly she I I talked to her on like I am a couple days later she's like yeah I didn't really feel there was chemistry I'm like really because there would have been lots of chemistry when you just sit there for two hours and don't speak or don't look at each other in the dark and don't do anything <laughs> clearly there should have been lots of chemistry there you could just feel the so sparks I was, shooting back and forth between you yeah. The seats, yeah. So I was angry and indignant as per usual and blah, blah, blah. But this time I employed a different strategy. Instead of doing what my normal thing would be, it would be like, fine, you're an idiot, I'm leaving, whatever. And then, you know, flame her on the MEP report. This time I actually told her what I thought, which was, you know, well, first of all, I was like, that was a horrible context for a first date. And you can't really judge anything based on that. But beyond that, if you actually did spend more time with me, it would just be inevitable that you would fall in love with me at, at some point. And I said this, and she was like, really? And I'm like, yep, that's just the way it'd be. <laughs> so She's like, wow. Who knew? This is, a, this is a really effective line. <laughs> Use this at home for those of you who are listening. If you could say this with confidence, women think you have a card up your sleeve. Like, who the hell does this guy think he is that he's saying this? And so all of a sudden, she became very interested. And, like, we, you know, we started hanging out in a friend context. We just decided to be friends for them. But then, like, a week later, we spoke on the phone, and she pitched me on uh, how we should get married and elope to Vegas that night. Uh-huh. And do it right then. I see. And I was like, um, "Why? How much should you? Why? Because <laughs> she because she fell in love like, with you. But no, but that's she, what you do she, when you fall no, in love. There you was get no married. love. 
Oh no. There was there was no love. It was like a shotgun wedding without her being pregnant or having any urgency or needing to. It was the oddest thing I've ever heard. Shotgun wallet without bullets, like, in other words. Without a father with a gun or right. a shotgun. <laughs> or a pickup truck or anything. Yeah. Right. The regular accoutrements. Or any of that stuff. But it seemed very like obligatory and strange. Because the way that she approached it was, she'd actually been dating someone I didn't know about. She was kind of on and off dating someone even when we were going out. And she kind of liked him, and he was okay. But mm-hmm. she recognized that he wasn't the one. And she was very, very sick of dating. So, you know, clearly I meet some sort of checklist, quote-unquote checklist of hers, that I have some criteria that she basically, like, I'm Jewish and, like, intelligent and, you know, an arrogant asshole or something and all those three things are necessary for her to ever want to marry someone right so once i met those criteria she was like god i don't want to date anymore but you know you do qualify to marry me so if you want to one-up this guy that i'm going out with Uh. and you know give me a ring then i'll totally go for it right now i'm like why Ugh, married no (laughs) bad can we just go out for some food and she's like no i don't want to date i hate dating dating sucks dating's horrible but i will accept marriage right now and now is your one-time offer oh my and god and if you order within the next five minutes then your shipping is free <laughs> right. like, wow. how much would you pay but but what i love about this though is her reaction when you said no right like what was her reaction Oh, she took it as, like, a real hit to her ego. As if, like, any rational <laughs> like, like, person would have said yes. Right, like, why, what do you, what do you mean? Of course, what do you, how could you turn me down? And, like, was, was horrified, right? Like, was just devastated that you just said this. She was legitimately depressed about it. And I was, it was like, I felt weird enough. Like, she made such a case for this, because she was dead serious. She made such a case that it, like, actually made me begin to doubt myself and, like, whether I was a normal person for completely ruling it out without even thinking about it. And so I actually started to think about it, and I was like, well, let's see. She's really smart, which is good. She's defying convention and showing disregard for, you know, normalcy, which I love. She's being really bold and doing something kind of crazy, which I also am really into, I'm like, huh, this is maybe not such a horrible idea, even though I know virtually nothing about this girl other than what she looks like and that she's, you know, reasonably smart. But, like, she just started to turn my brain into goo. And as I was explaining it to Greg in story later on, it was like, you know, fine, it's great that I get the ego gratification for being right, that I was, like, able to turn her around. But it's like I turned her around so fast and so severely that it just, like, was too much, and somehow it made it bad. Like, I don't understand. It's like, I think I've used this analogy before. It's like when Captain Marvel... He met his arch nemesis, and the arch nemesis shot him with this beam that made him a million times more powerful. And so when Captain Marvel would try to, like, walk, he would, like, fall through the floor because he was just too powerful to walk. Right. Or to, like, if he tried to scrape his face, he would, like, punch his head off. And so he couldn't do anything because he was just too powerful He's to always, like, punching his head off. So that's what I kind of feel like. Yeah, so I was just like, what? No, I, that line is not meant to get proposals. I don't want proposals. I just want to go out on a second date. No, too much. So, so in other words, you had no idea of the power that you wielded and that you had essentially driven not only her, but her sister to be in love with you for a distance. So you've got like both ends of the spectrums. Now, maybe you need to like, maybe you had to ride the roller coaster of both sides of the spectrum for you to actually find a happy middle ground. Like you, you've, you've had the instance of, you know, a person spending like a few seconds in your company and saying, you're a monster and I want nothing to do with you. <laughs> And now someone, you know, saying, I, let's get married. And now, hopefully, now you can find, like, the middle ground. You know, find the person that's 
that's right there in the middle and what it's perfect. I always wanted. <laughs> Not crazy person <laughs> who doesn't hey. leave. What you need to do, Russ, is you just need to go exactly halfway. So you need to finish that sentence, only half of it. Just be like, eventually every woman will fall, and then just walk away. Just like, we'll fall what? We'll fall down? Fall what? We'll fall over the what? cliff? <laughs> Well, well, fall, fall guy? I'm interested to know what he said. <laughs> but I'm not in love with him, and I do not wish to marry, because I don't know what he would have said. But I am interested in dating him. And what if he said? Becoming more intrigued. Be an autumn. <laughs> and eventually they will. When the seasons turn, Victory. they will all be an autumn. He's exactly. a philosopher. Yes, he's a king as well. And therefore, yeah. That's so profound. It's true. But sort of strange. <laughs> I kind of only want to date him a little while. But, but that's it. But then there the fact that, the fact that, that you had to like try to convince her out of her depression and that somehow it was uh, it was in Well how did you say her, no? You know? Did you say Wah? No. No, no, That's impossible. You gotta be kidding me. I would want to have anything to do with Las Vegas. What a stupid idea. What kind of stupid hoe are you? Did you was that how you said no? Did you do it like that? It was mostly like that. <laughs> no, I mean like. But I all over I am. Like, you stupid hoe. Backspace, backspace. Yeah, right. Oh no, we were we were on the phone during this conversation. To be fair, like she okay. made the case somewhat in person on the phone. Right. Um, but no, I was like really taking it seriously. I'm like, do you understand that there are things that you need to know about a person that they can't just give you a two paragraph summary about before you marry them? Like, do you understand that personal connection and spending time with someone is kind of critical to knowing somebody? She's like, yeah, but I'm good. And like I can cook and got boobs. I'm like, you do. You have boobs. But I just don't think that that's enough information at this stage for me to make this decision. And I don't think I should be expected to really do that. Can you She's imagine like, your mom? Yeah, but come on. Russ, could you imagine I'm your like, mom? Why'd you why marry her? Well, she pointed out that she had boobs, and at that point, I it could was not really, deny that. It was absolutely is factually she true. She was correct. It was. We started out on I a basis knew from of honesty. The two meetings. It's true. That we did have in person. That she had boobs, and she clearly was female. And claims to be Jewish and, you know, claims. someone who wants to marry me. And so these are your criteria for me. So right. not. She should be uh, happy. How old is she? I think she's whatever, 24, 25, 23. I don't know. Somewhere in there. 18. Is she from California originally? 16. She's 12. She was nine. And she was just, you know, being a, a deluded And nine. she had pillows, not pillows. And I'm like, why? That's exciting. No, listen. And she's like, I'm so depressed. No. You won't marry me. <laughs> and her Daddy, name was. Why won't you marry me? Her name was Lolita. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she, uh, I mean, it, it is, oh, and, it, it just amazes yeah. me that she reacted that way. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, she, I mean, I got permission from her to tell this story on the show, and then she demanded that we have some kind of public deciding, some kind of vote or, uh. or poll or something. Right. Because she thinks that this, that people will think that I was wrong and that I totally will be regretting this decision to not have married her on the spot. Okay. Because clearly that was my one-time opportunity. Okay, okay. Well, so, because, so... Oh, by the way, like, she's gotten way more serious with her boyfriend since then, so clearly my opportunity has <laughs> passed. Because the boyfriend that she had at the time is now, like, even more serious. So clearly, the whole Trump, this guy, I would have to propose, like, eight marriages now. Yeah. Because, 
Oh, who also is a huge guy who does like jujitsu also. Right. Yeah, I'll just throw that in there. But I would have to contend with a six foot five jujitsu man who is who also stole Jewish. his girlfriend by marriage. Well, but why were they yeah. why were they breaking up? <laughs> they weren't breaking up, that's the thing. She was just noting that I had the opportunity to trump this guy. She's like, Well look, I'm like, You have a boyfriend. She's like, Well, I would break up with him if I was getting wait, married. Wait, is he I'm gonna like, hear no. this? That's not how things work. Is he gonna hear this? <laughs> he doesn't listen to. No, uh, I don't think he's yeah. gonna be made aware of the MEP report. Oh, perhaps not, <laughs> unless you okay could find it. out. All right, so confusing. unless my job as promotional director causes my own death, <laughs> because my skill has become so great, <laughs> oh. the boundaries of privacy for me in my life. All right, so what was her case again? Oh, what was her case again? Her case. She made a serious case. She okay. said. First of all, she's a litigator, so she's like, you know, gainfully employed, and she's obviously very smart. And so she's a lawyer. She's a litigator. We would, the, yes. She's a lawyer. By a litigator, I just mean she's a trial lawyer. That's what I mean. Um, Working for the city, state, private agency. Law and order. Private, private firm. Private firm for, for how long? I think she does like personal. She does like personal injury. It's her first. Nice. Year. She's an ambulance chaser. I Sweet. Love it. Clea is doing like a, like a life insurance assessment on this girl. She's like, well, you should be able to recoup like Does she smoke? at least 300000 No, I'm trying to think of what kind of lawyer uh, she is because that's kind of... Okay, so how, how many hours a day does she work? Oh, she works pretty long hours. Okay. I would say she works about 50 hours a week. Okay, what are her hobbies? Her hobbies include, Greg's going to love this, World of Warcraft, <laughs> which she insists that she's not into, even though she has a level 40 character, uh-huh. but she just sort of plays it to go brain dead. But right. she doesn't like upgrade him or even know like what he does. Uh-huh. Or right. She just, just, slays he just monsters wanders around like the board and right. has leveled up a lot. Uh-huh. I see. Sure. So, does she um, live alone? She crochets. No, she has a roommate. Okay, go on. She crochets. Uh, she's actually... She knits or whatever, crochets. Those are two um, different things. She likes things. to read. Oh, and she loves, well, I don't know which one. So pick one and whichever one she is preferable. We can go okay. with whatever the better thing is. Right, okay. Crochets. She crochets. That's what she does. She crochets. Yes. I'll crochet you a scarf. toilet cover seats out of wool. Exactly. And, <laughs> and glued okay. patches. Okay, so she... She also loves... Robert Heinlein, which I have obviously a very soft spot for that yes. that particular hobby. What's because that? that's my favorite author, Robert, by the way. Red Stranger in a Strange Land, like famous sci fi American author. authors ever. So she's a little bit dorky, is what you're telling me. Of science fiction. Oh, she's, she's definitely dorky. Like, okay. she's totally up my alley. Like, dorky, crazily sarcastic, uh-huh. pretty funny, right. good sense of humor, uh-huh. very smart, uh-huh. and debate. Likes to debate mm-hmm. possibly too much Not right. with me. Right. Neither of us give in. Right. Kind of stubborn. Has, as Seinfeld would say, she possesses the qualities desired by the superficial male. Okay. Okay. I was about to get to um, that point. So describe she, the boobs, because just having boobs is not sufficient. Um. Oh no, she's got boobs to talk about. So like, that means she probably is a Jew, then, right? Call them. She. Oh, she is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that she would can be your best. Boobs a selling point. Right. Absolutely. She calls them a selling point. She's yeah. also from Russia. So she grew up in Russia, oh, she moved here as a kid, so she speaks how long Russia, she, oh. which also contributes, it contributes to the crazy, I think. Uh, yes. Well, how long has she been in the country? Yeah. How long has she been in the country? I would say whatever, let's say 18, 20 years or yeah, something Yeah, no, like no, that. no, you made the right choice. Yep, you made the right decision. Because her father's a KGB <laughs> agent. Her father is a You KGB lost agent. me at Russian, sorry. Awesome. Well, because that also yeah, means that why? she's very convinced of her own authority. Your, yeah, because you know? she's, 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 she's Russian. She's the quintessential Russian-American. 
Well, look, I'm like half Russian. I mean, I was I wasn't born in you Russia. Weren't born in like Re- were you weren't born in Russia. You weren't raised by Russians. Was like a hundred years ago. Yeah, see, so that doesn't count. No, it's worked out its way out of your system. <laughs> Wow. So is it just that? Is it just the self-important nature? Well, that, first of all, the, the fact Russian that she, she's she's in no place to get married if she's spending all of her time either working or playing World of Warcraft. She is in no position to or have... being with her boyfriend, <laughs> who is not the candidate for marriage, and by she, the way. And she's crocheting him a scarf. If she's doing all that, then, like, totally... Then she's not going to have any time to be married. <laughs> she's too busy with her boyfriend well, to be married to Russ. That's the real issue yeah, here. Yeah, I know. She's too... Like, could you stop spending much time? with your boyfriend you know i'm married to you well uh, i thought we could discuss that i mean uh. as i said at the time the thing that was the biggest the biggest issue for me is that clearly this person had completely like missed the boat on russ's practical streak like yes russ has this thing about like oh it's crazy and wild and bizarre and crazy and that's fine but there's a point where like russ has this super practical streak as well which is going to largely stand up and be like you cannot marry someone on the basis of of boobs and you know why not it's nuts like you can't, well, maybe, you can't do that maybe she was upset because <laughs> she thought time offer and limited time maybe right. she <laughs> thought maybe she was upset because she thought you'd you know react more funly to it instead of suddenly getting serious and like quintessential man and like I stick but up your she ass was serious man she meant it. She wasn't sure. Yeah, but you still could have kind of had it. fun with it instead of gotten all sweaty. Yeah, what you should have done out. is made fun of it. You should have been like. Yeah, I'll marry you and your sister, and bring some friends. We'll marry them too. Well, I'll you can go all to be Utah. my concubine. Yes. Uh, good times, good times. I don't. I mean, I guess. Maybe that's what she got. Upset. It was just weird. But the well, that's probably upset so her too. It was like, like she hey, thought that my this we'll my get married. <laughs> How do you like that? It was like, well, why don't why don't you just marry me? I'm like, what? It's like, no, it's good. We'll elope, and you know, then we will have shared living expenses, and mm-hmm. I can cook, and you know, we get along. I'm like, what? She's being serious. Why? It's weird, right, man? Mm-hmm. I was weird. Okay, yeah, you were you were weirded out, right? It actually... It, I was very weird today. Yeah, I can understand this from Russ. It broke my brain for like a whole weekend. <laughs> Greg and Story listened to me like babble incoherently for days. That's after. true. I was like, I just went all in with two seven <laughs> and I'm not even playing poker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's happened? I'm a lot. Yeah, it's true. Russ was very much um, away from the, sta- the land of stable people for a bit while he was mm-hmm. trying to figure all this out. And then the fact that he had to talk... Yeah, you had to talk also... Yeah. Story had just told us he quit the MEP report, like, within the same day. Right. right. And then I won, like, $2,000 in a poker tournament, right. like, the same day. Right. And I was like, the world is on its head! Yay, <laughs> exactly. everybody's crazy! <laughs> I am a rich poker tycoon with wives at my leisure. <laughs> and story leaves and things, and, like, please! Yeah, it was, it was a crazy was really world. crazy. Crazy, like, crazy situation, stupid. I know. <laughs> it was a really stupid week. Yeah. That was uh, the week of uh, two weeks ago. I don't remember what week it was. Yes. Okay. Anyway. There were other. Everybody was sort of saying in their own lives things were crazy too. There were other things that were crazy. Oh yeah. Yep, it's true. Like the stock market dropped like six million points in a day. Oh, really? And other things. I yep. don't know. I don't other watch. Things. I don't know the news. Yeah. I went to work today and got there and you know after like spending two two and a half hours on the subway only to learn when I got there there was some kind of tornado or something in in New York City and I didn't realize. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of woke up and like, Brooklyn, oh, tornado. A tornado. Yep. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, I did. It's crazy. Jesus. Got me. So I guess, you know, everyone can vote, but I, I've, I've made my vote. My vote was... Yeah. 
I was like, it doesn't seem like the the whole poll is really panning out at the point where you guys are like, yeah, that was retarded. Good job, Rush. I'm like, oh, I guess I win. Well, I am no chance. Unless, like, unless, unless all of our no, listeners. No yeah, that person might have another take. It's like 865 to 2, Clea and Greg. Yeah, what are you talking about? Russian woman? Boobs? Of course. Clearly, you should do this. So I wanted to bring up, uh, by the way, because this reminds me of Crazy Life. It actually, this, this actually is a really good segue. I wasn't sure if we were going to do this segue, but it is going to work. Because I wanted to bring up this thing, which Clea had heard of, but I never had. And it shows you, to me, how life is completely spun off its axis. I don't know if you've heard about this new reality show, which is called um, something like Solving the Murder or People in the Murder or something like that. Okay? Basically, this is a show in which people that, like a reality show, you pick a bunch of contestants, and they become crime scene investigators. Now, here's the thing. The crimes are real crimes. Mm -hmm. Like, they make this a selling point. Real dead people, and you're Mm -hmm. given the real corpse, and the real, and here's the real people, and and they have people sitting in a room, and they're like, oh, looks like a murder-suicide. It's like, will they find it before they're... So here's my question. If you happen to be the losing side... How are the families going to deal with this? They're like, well, we thought we were on the trail of your killer, but unfortunately, um, the losing the blue team really screwed this up, and so uh, unfortunately, it's not going to happen. Now they got voted off, though. You could feel good about that. They got voted off. They're not going to be in the show anymore. But uh, we have no idea where your killer is because they actually accused a Chihuahua okay. who lived in Nebraska, and that didn't work no, out. No, I haven't heard of it. Yes, and yes, I doubt that this actually exists in the form that you're describing. No, it's no. true. Dude. No, Greg. Because no. What the fuck? No, no. No, no. Well, first of all, what I'm sure it is is that these are these are crimes that are also, if not already, solved by real, you know, crime fighters, and that they're just then given but to they the. Just left the no, body no, no. There? Listen, here's the description. Jesus I have it. God. I have it right here. The new unscripted style show. This is called. It's on Spike TV, which shows you all you need to know about that, right? It's called Murder: Real People Solving Real Crimes. The new are unscripted all the style show. Bikini-clad women. Yeah, right. <laughs> on Spike TV. It follows the work of several <laughs> civilians as they step into a highly detailed recreation of a homicide scene. Recreation. Yeah, but the, oh, I'll get to that though. Recreation. Yeah, but I'll get to that. These amateurs will have 48 hours to collect evidence, watch witness interrogation tapes, even meet with a coroner in the attempt to name a suspect before the other team. Right. But as it goes down farther on, it says. A real murder investigation is already loaded with pathos. To conduct a recreation of this investigation as a contest is questionable entertainment, which was my whole point. I was kind of like, what? Like, basically having the investigation turn into a competition so that everyone gets to compete over who solves the murder properly. And, like, someone's, you know, like, uh-huh. I mean... Right, but again, the whole investigation has already taken place. They made tapes of it. They made information... They okay, took fine. All the so they're not, they're not war criminals. Instead, they're just, like, <laughs> evil people who, like, abuse, you know, legitimate moments of tragedy for the benefit of ratings. Like, I mean, that's fine. You well, know? people want to see this. People love, you yeah, know, but, uh, Law and & Order and CSI. But, I mean, well, what? No, it's this is a mean, reality I show. I hope that this show does exist. Because to me, it sounds like the perfect bridge to the world where the running man exists, where the criminal justice system like hands over people to be on a game That's show, right. and if they escape death via gladiators, then they <laughs> then they are released from prison and they get a pardon. Like, yeah. awesome. That's right. This show sucks, but it's way closer to Running Man than anything else I've seen before. <laughs> so. That's good. <laughs> and I mean, that's that's kind of the thing for me is that I mean that was sort of relating to what we were talking about. I mean, it just this just strikes me as crazy. Like the world has gone nuts. Like we're just like sure, of course, the reality show where you solve murders and they're actually real murders. Yeah. And you know, like I mean, what? 
I, I stay far away from these things. The only reality show that I watch is called Sports, and that was the original reality <laughs> That's show. That's true. It's more real than actual reality shows because actual reality shows are scripted and have wannabe actors who are the quote-unquote real people. They're just crappy actors who are made, you know, you can hire them cheaply. <laughs> crappy actors. And they can be in your show instead of more skilled, highly paid actors. Like, seriously. And then they write the lines. Yes, there are writers for reality shows, which should not ever happen. And it's just total bunk and bupkis. But sports is actually, you know, assuming that you don't have, like, that tennis guy who is suspected of blowing games for money or that NBA ref Donahue who is, you know, as long as you don't have corruption like that, mm-hmm. then sports is, like, the most real thing you can possibly watch on TV, right. which is why I like it. One of the reasons. Sure. So, that makes sense to me. So sports is legitimate. That's, but, that's but, the only reality show I go for. But again, like, that... You you know, and there's nothing particularly gruesome that's going on there. But I mean, you know, taking, I, I just wonder, is there a limit to reality television? And if not, like, where are we going to take it? Like, I guarantee, isn't there going to be a reality show eventually about guys in death row? It's just like, follow the life of a death row prisoner. I mean, like, clearly that's going to happen eventually, right? Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, George Carlin thinks that we should have public executions on live TV. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard that or before. That we will eventually. Yes. See, he, so the argument he's making like is at that the pe- halftime of the Super Bowl, right. we do like the uh, the crucifixions. Like, like that, I could sort of see in America where that happens eventually, where you have the the halftime crucifixions for the uh, you know the enemy combatants or the unpatriotic people or something. Right. Like that. But absolutely no <laughs> sex whatsoever, because you know showing a breast is you know against oh God, the word of God and man. But oh, um, but you know the killing. That's right. It is amazing to me that. America America has grown so ridiculously over the top in that direction that if you know if you flash a breast, it's oh my god, and you fall over and your kids burst into flames. But it's fine to show you know people's heads getting decapitated, and that's that's perfectly okay because you know hey, it's you know violence is yeah. American, but sex isn't. I mean you got to be kidding me. Well, well Europe I, has sex. We have to differentiate right. ourselves. That's true. We're not Europe. <laughs> This is true. They're much more healthy with it. I would though, I would argue that breasts make guys do crazier things than depictions of violence, though, to make an argument for the other side. Like, I almost got married for breasts, <laughs> and that's really stupid. <laughs> but if you showed me every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie ever, I would just sit there and veg, and it wouldn't really change me at all. So Right, and if, and if she had... to be said for violence. If she had said, look, if you marry me, I can decapitate this guy's head, like, that would not probably have given you the same sort of incentive, I would think, as, right. as the breasts Right, way would. less compelling. There you go. I would just watch her decapitate. Capitate, I'd be like, cool. <laughs> Good blood scene. Nice. Right. Now, oh, breasts. Oh, yeah, breasts. Exactly. Okay. You know? All right. Speaking of breasts. That's crazy. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move forward. Yes. <laughs> My friend, I thought this was a really funny thing. He's another skinny guy. He's very much like Story. And like I used to be, like a very, very skinny guy. And he related to me the story of like, He's like, I have to work out, Russ. I have to go to the gym. I'm like, why, dude? You weigh nothing. He's like, well, I was walking down the stairs last week, and I felt my boobs jiggle. And that was the, I knew that I had to start working out. That was Uh. the sign. Because he felt, he felt the jiggle. Uh-huh. Cause like, you know, when you get a certain amount of, you don't need actual boobs, when you get a certain amount of, like, meat in your pectoral area, uh-huh. and you, like, jump or run around or stuff, then you feel like a jiggle. Uh-huh. And that was a very disturbing moment in his life, because he's like, I shouldn't feel a jiggle. Right. But it's just something that skinny people don't really know about, like, really, really skinny people. Right. It didn't happen to me until I was, like, 18, 19. I was like, huh. 
I weigh more than nothing now, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that, that, well, remember Story even made this claim at one point where Story was like, it was really horrifying, I was getting fat. And the way he knew he was getting fat is that he could feel his jeans around his waist. Right. And he never <laughs> previously <laughs> right. felt this one. Right. He's like, I, I, all of a sudden I felt my pants were like not falling off. And it right. was a horrible feeling. I was right. like, uh, what? The stomach was no longer inverted. Yeah, exactly. Right. I was like, just, what a dish. I, I was. <laughs> I can see a button there. I was horrified. <laughs> crazy. Yes, exactly. Boobs make people do crazy things. I guess See? so. That's <laughs> true. Because you would think that the idea would be they sort of like... They make both men and women go to the gym. Well, there was actually a study that showed that men <laughs> find... Uh, that men find... Uh, sorry, that women um, find masculine men to not be... Su- super masculine men to not be suitable long-term partners. That they prefer more feminine men for long-term partners. This yeah, he saw this on Yahoo.com. Uh, as I find all of my original news. I actually read this. Yes. <laughs> it was on FARC also. It was like everywhere, yes. It's one of those stories that just goes around yeah. on one day. Makes sense to me. Everybody picks it up. So, I mean, yep. you know, what do we... Yeah, because apparently... Well, the, the alpha... This is all like a, gen- a genotype type thing that, like, genetically... People who are like, uh, you know, saturated with testosterone are more interested in just spreading the seed everywhere and having a million partners and not being interested in what the woman's interested in. And so they want some lesser version of that Mm -hmm. crazy person. Well, I mean, yeah, it's one of the things that I mean, like one of the yeah, I mean, I guess I guess that makes sense. I I don't know, man. Something strikes me as is. There's some, some, I, I mean, like, they were acting as if this was some big revelation relating to, I guess the idea being that, like, just showing off muscles doesn't impress women. I mean, I would think that women would know that, right? I would think that we had already passed the stage where masculinity was sort of, you yeah. know, the urge to be the well, best partner be fair, or whatever, you know? To be fair, what the study actually said was that women are more physically attracted to the alpha male types, but they choose the more, uh, the less masculine males as, like, a, a life partner type person even as, like, a, a father and a husband, it's, but not the one that they want to have, like, the one-night stand. Wait a minute. Is this, like, that dude from the Back, back to the Future, like, the woman marries the guy because she feels sorry for him, but she's really, you know, into this other dude who's much hotter, but she's like, well, this guy's nice, and that's, you know... Oh, you mean because he got hit by a car? Yeah, and she and felt she sorry for the, him and that whole business. That syndrome? Yep. yep. The mother bird syndrome? No, I don't think it has anything to do with that. <laughs> I think it's just that women feel that uh, less masculine men are are safer and and more willing to, you know, take part in the household and like build a you know a nest so to speak. And like more masculine men aren't interested in that stuff, and so they they make poor long term partners. Yeah. So I mean, I guess I, I guess so. But, it but just what was what was this based on? They took a digital image of, like, a guy's face, and they, like, digitally altered it in different versions of the picture to have, like, slightly bigger eyes or, like, a less defined chin, you know, things that would make the face either, like, more mask, slightly more masculine or slightly more feminine, and they asked women what they thought about the person in the picture, basically. Oh, so the assumption was the more feminine-looking guy women were attracted to because they thought that that would mean they'd be more feminine partners and i.e. be more helpful around the house and that kind of stuff yeah this is all supposed to like subconsciously they think that they would feel like he would be a more suitable husband or something i see yeah and they asked more that after looking at digitally altered pictures i see oh the other problem is this is also in england so i mean i don't know how much we can really trust this yeah I mean, durham and st oh, andrews yeah, throw, that's all throw that i mean <laughs> yeah, never mind that's let's be honest here these are people who think seriously, these are people who think it's okay to have warm beer and and to boil steak i mean how how serious how seriously can we take these people right you know what i'm saying 
You hear about? You hear about? Talk about? Strangely, a nation full of cross-dressing tea drinkers prefers more feminine men. Yes. That's so surprising to me. We've taken out Russia so far. Now England is going next. This is tremendous. Any other country that we want? You know who I really hate? Canada. Canada's terrible because all they do is like hockey and they're cold. What's a Canada? I've never heard of it. Ha, 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 ha. Exactly. Stupid, useless Canada. (laughs) See, the other thing also, when it says healthier looking faces were seen as more desirable in terms of all personality traits compared to those who look unhealthy. Well, of course. Like, how is that shocking? (laughs) I do not like the man with boils on his face as much (laughs) as I like this picture of George Clooney. George Clooney is better than the man with boils on his face. I would prefer that, please. Well, the thing is that those are all supposed to be like genetic traits. Yeah, exactly. So it's not even you. The, The thing is, it's not just you looking at it and being like, I don't like that. It's supposed to be something deeper right. in your DNA that like when you see someone that appears to be sick you're supposed to want to stay right. away from them because you have this genetic imperative to not catch but see, how would you de- like that's why it's supposed to be interesting but how would you determine that vis-a-vis just sort of the standard social conventions which have been put into play you know what I mean like the social conventions as they exist right now you know, you stay away from unhealthy people. You know, there's these societal conventions about people that look hotter, quote-unquote, than people who don't look as hot. Like, how would you be able to tell, like, this is a genetic reaction as opposed to this is a societally created reaction? Because you say so. Because you're a study maker person. Right. Well, I mean, there's <laughs> and you're some... like, this is more important than you realize because it's all genetic and has nothing to do with what you feel. They're like, no, all my friends like, well, so shut up. There's it's some all your studies genetics. that look cross-cultural, you know, compare, have people looking at faces in different countries like Africa and, you know, tribesmen and stuff like that where they've looked like, I don't, I presume that that's what they've done. Like, I know they've done that with facial expressions, universality of certain facial expressions. They've taken pictures and taken them to, you know, far reached African tribesmen and they got the same, you know, reaction to, you know, someone in New York and, and so the, that might be where they can somewhat see whether and take out the influence of a particular culture, but it is difficult. Yeah. See. We're <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's all we can say about that, I guess. Yeah. See. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, Tara, she, I, I don't know. I just, you know, it just struck. Anthropology. <laughs> It just struck me that unless you had some kind of like, if they had something where you, you know, people had like their hands on two buttons and they press the button if they like the picture and they don't, they press the other button if they don't like the picture and they just flash the picture on the screen, then maybe you could say it was genetic because it's just flashed and like, oh, and you know, and then they react based upon what they saw in the picture in a split second. Because otherwise I can't think of why you would look there and be like, genetic, this is, I, I feel genetically, my, my chromosomes are telling me that I must reject this person or I really like this guy because of what the double helix tells me. I mean, no, no. You know, no. like how are they going to know the difference between? Because what's genetically, been we, for them? we, our ants, our species has chosen certain f- traits over the period of time that were associated with things that meant more healthy or stronger, or something like things like males having bigger butts because it meant that they were better. You know what I mean? And that kind of thing that over the tr- the traits better at better sitting, at sitting <laughs> and, getting, and standing TV. up immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, women having bigger breasts because that meant that they might be more fertile of being able to feed their babies. I mean, something things like that. They've learned certain traits to be associated with certain things, and that's why they choose certain partners. It's okay, just explain then the uh, obsession with in modeling with anorexic women. 
these, yeah, that's a skele- these skeletal figures. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying, though. What's the difference? Thing. How did that get that way? How did we get them to be like, wow, because these women are hot? You know, no, because no, I think a lot of men would say that those aren't. They don't think they're. You're right. They're not. not. But I don't understand why. I don't understand because how they're not. They're not supposed to be pictures of beauty. They were supposed. To, they're. They're supposed to be pictures of skeletons. Are you telling me that these <laughs> models are like anti-genetic? They're like screwed. I'm saying the original point of them was to be clothes hangers, and since then. You know, culturally, we've been influenced to think that that's something to to attain. Doesn't necessarily mean we see it and we think it's more attractive. We see it and we think that's something ideal. It doesn't mean that we think it, see it, and think it's more beautiful. In many instances, culturally, yeah, it might be just we associate it with wealth and right. commercial success. Co- and clothes hangers, right? Most people societally wouldn't be able to make <laughs> that distinction between something that they find more beautiful or attractive and something they find an ideal. But if you did a test, you know, you you're able to get the test just right, you'd be able to see that it's something that they see as ideal, as something that's a goal, not necessarily something that they see as more beautiful or more attractive. I see. Can I make a suggestion? Yes. By the yes. way. Yes. And we call can we call these women clothing models from now on? Because models just doesn't mean anything. It's a meaningless term. It's like well, I mean it means something, but it doesn't mean what they are. <laughs> do, do you, They're clothing do you, models. They're not just a model. Do you foresee like us model, to have like model citizen, like airplane model, like what kind of model? Balsa like, wood model. Model by itself doesn't mean what they. Yeah, seriously. Uh, you mean societally we should call them that, or in the MEP report? Because are you foreseeing us covering I this mean, topic a lot lately? Linguistically. <laughs> We've talked no, about six different like, kinds of models in the last ten weeks. Them clothing models, clothing all models, of us. because calling them models is just a stupid. Well, they generic. don't just model clothes, though. They also model makeup and products and yeah. uh, jewelry. So, okay. so be specific. Capitalist models. Yeah. So they should <laughs> they should be called whatever they do, oh, wait. And whatever they specialize in. That's what they should be called. No, but they do all of it. What about the, what if they're triple threats like supermodels? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Supermodels are like quadruple threats. They do yeah. everything. Supermodels, I think, makes more sense than just calling someone a. Well, model. what if she's At a normal specific. model though? She's not that super. I, <laughs> like just average model. Then Men- she's a clothing Mendoza model. model. Or she is like a model for Macy's Brasiers one time. Like that's it. <laughs> That's, that's, that's her name. Yeah, you know she's the she's the model for Macy's Brazier one time. That's the M B F O T O T. Yes. Okay. It, it's just not sufficient. What do you mean she's a model? Am I gonna glue airplane parts okay. to her? Yes, because that's what you do. It doesn't make any sense. Remember the models? You happy. What are we? What are we talking we about here? We can do that. I see. You know what else? Can we get rid of African American also? That's another pet peeve of mine. Do you want them to be African-American that why? works um, in a law firm, African-American <laughs> that works? So you can be really specific? Is that what you want? No, because the term African-American is stupid. Like, what if the guy is from, you know, Haiti? Or what and if he's from Trinidad? American. He's he's Haitian American. He's from the Dominican, Dominican Republic. Dominican-American. Yeah, but the, no, <laughs> Caribbean people American. still call him African-American. Well, and what if... What if he's like that one of those cool British black actors, and then they call them African Americans, but they're British? Oh, like it doesn't make any British sense. British American. They're not Americans. They're not. Yeah, but see, but then British American no longer refers to his race, which is the whole reason that you that people came up with right. this stupid politically correct. British African American. So it just doesn't make any sense. Right, British African American. Why? Or actually, African British. There we go. British African American. <laughs> African Britain American. Not American. African British. <laughs> Look, five seconds African ago, Brit. you were advocating like so for dumb. model who once did Macy's Brazier. Like, I don't think, like, you know, ease of, you know, memory is really going to help you out here. <laughs> I don't want to have to call this guy, like, a British toboggan. Like, that's stupid. What? What? 
British toboggan. How do we get toboggan? Because he's from Trinidad and Tobago. Oh. So he's a toboggan. Trinidad Tobagian. <laughs> Owen. And, but like, Russ, I understand. Like, you basically want to make that part much more simple, and then incredibly overcomplicate the model, the model labels, right? Well, look, the problem is neither thing refers to what it actually is. And African-American is often misrepresented. Like, there are many people who are referred to as African-Americans who are either not African or not American. So that means it's stupid. So similarly, <laughs> people referred to as models, they're not, like, airplane models. So they're not just generic models. They're a specific kind of model. You're referring to nothing. Well, that's fine. So in this case, I am a semantic that in this case, these people are specific no. kinds. You just need to have people, you know, Dominican-Americans, Haitian-Americans. But nobody does that. They just use African-American as this catch-all term that doesn't mean anything. Well, some people say black. I think that's what they should say. Why? What's wrong with black? Because they're not really black. Thing? So, mocha. <laughs> Like, or burnt sienna, um, or burnt sienna coffee. What? <laughs> like, whatever. I mean, she makes a fair point, which is like, yes, black also lacks a certain specificity that I would like, but African American is just just plain incorrect most of the time. A lot of these people are not either African or American. Like, why should people from Haiti be called African Americans? That's retarded. You know, I, I don't know what I can really add to this that's, that's going to contribute anything, honestly. Remember, I think I'm just going to shut up. I, I really have nothing to say about any this, of this. So. I have this. I've just been waiting until Story quit the show to have this conversation because he would object to it on so many levels. He'd be like, I hate everything, everything about, about you and, you and everything. And you should like, never use any of these words that you've used. And But the argument you're making in a way is bad. actually more culturally sensitive than what's out there because right now people are just sort of classifying all on yeah. the basis of he looks black. It's like calling someone... It's that's like when right. someone calls... Uh, Everybody, I have, a, I, I know somebody like this who calls every Asian person that he sees Japanese, and I'm like, uh, that person was Chinese, that person was yeah. Korean. He's like, oh, he's Japanese. He, Japanese. We've actually got Japanese. Like at this point in society, like that's no longer appropriate. Like you do correct people who say, no, he's Korean and he's Laotian, and like you don't just everyone's Chinese. But somehow it's still okay to call every black person an African, which doesn't make any sense. Mm. Interesting. I'm with you. Yeah. You like it. <laughs> and there's clothing models, too. Don't forget that. That's a lump. It's a two-for-one uh, well, deal. You see, have to take one with see, the other. No, because you can't cause, <laughs> cause they do other things other than clothing. I'm not going to say they're a clothing... How about a fashion model? That's what they call them. Fashion, fashion models. Fashion model. I think... Yeah, I think that's actually the correct term anyway, right. so I think that right. would be what fun. if they happen to be African-American? <laughs> totally. Or actually Dominican. Can they be Dominican fashion model? No! She's a Trinidadian oh. British fashion model. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. I had these. I had these. And she rides on a toboggan. I had these things from this uh, website that I have a joke about because I thought that it described he described himself funnily, but th- then I look it up again. No, he 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 disguised himself as a black Hispanic, clear sand toned complexion. So I guess that doesn't clear sand clear tone? sand tone. What does that mean? Sand and you make it clear, clear, and then it's your tone. Is he like is he translucent? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was put in jail for not being for being able to see right through him. It was like constant public lewdness. They're like, Is he like jail, jail, jail. The jellyfish guy from X Men. 
Oh. It was like the mutant they made out of that was gross, dude. Who didn't live that was long. the most disgusting thing yeah. I ever saw. Oh, that so, scene made it so Greg didn't want to well, watch the it? other ones because he. Yeah, that scene was really disgusting. He thought it was too disgusting. Yeah, it was. He was afraid they'd make more jellyfish. They're like, have another one. For oh God! Oh. That's terrible. That's horrific. Why is everyone a jellyfish senator? <laughs> so, um, Clea, unless you have any more of these, um, these ones to bring up, I think we've actually come to the end of an hour. Well, I could finish on. Uh, on uh, this go ahead. Last go guy. ahead and finish on this last one. Yeah. We'll call him ZS. Zzz. He hails from White Deer, uh-huh. Pennsylvania. White Deer, Pennsylvania. Okay, and so these are his details. He's looking for a uh, female companion. What are you doing? Okay, this is from a website. This is a website that I have a joke that I do a joke <laughs> around. <laughs> this is great. Oh, okay. Look at us paint the bit. I did not paint understand. the audio picture. This is from a website where jokes are. Okay, go ahead. Okay. It wasn't even like that. I missed the premise. Like I missed that there was supposed to be a premise. Right. I just he was talking. Correct. I was like, there you go. Okay. So this is this is he's posted an information about himself to try to get people to show interest. Okay. okay? Well, the description is: Are you bootylicious? They say writing is the most effective method by which deep emotional bounding takes place. Therefore, I'm Isos, a flirtatious writing companion who understands how difficult and stressful life behind bars can be without female companionship and male to look forward to. <laughs> life behind bars! I'm five foot seven, 145 pounds, and certi- certified coxman with a swagger. I'm a booty connoisseur as well. Booty connoisseur. So if you feel as though your onion was the inspiration behind Nelly creating a line of jeans, Apple Bottom, to accommodate wow. your badunkadunk. Right. With references that I barely get. I have a business degree from Howard University and I speak English, Spanish, Italian, and sign language. Please send photos with letters. He speaks sign language. Speak sign language. That is tremendous. <laughs> He actually, language. as he speaks, words, yes. fo- like hand finger, signals. Finger, <laughs> wrist, twirl, twirl, hand curling, curling flick, flick rub, wrist, inverted wrist, elbow, flail. It's like the most inefficient thing ever. It's like, no <laughs> worry, I speak sign language so they can't hear you. No, I speak it. I can't do it. I, I just speak it, though. I speak, I speak sign language. It's two fingers circle. Pinky left, pinky down. Oh. It's together. Do you see what I'm saying now? Hey. <laughs> oh, and on, yeah, that note, on that note, on that note uh, we have come to the end of another hour. Again, we want to say uh, best wishes, Godspeed to Story. Hopefully he'll hang around. He'll still have his story at MetReport. You can still contact him. He'll hopefully be back as a guest star in the future. Uh, and we want to welcome Clea in. Congratulations, Clea, on your promotion into the MetReport. Yeah. And otherwise, the MetReport... I still want to see this contract. The website is going to stay the same. We're going to do what we can to make, to make some adjustments <laughs> and, you know, jazz everything up and do what we yeah, can. Yeah, we should have so. done a false contest. Like a fake reality show, choosing the replacement. So the next time you hear us do a fake reality show, like <laughs> you'll totally know that it's not fake because we're telling you now that oh. it's not at all in any oh. case whatsoever. But thanks a lot, you guys, for listening. Oh, well. And as always, say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. My contract better yes, be a good elbow. one. Elbow, <laughs> rub, <laughs> palm, elbow move, elbow move, elbow I move. I am fluent. <laughs> I am fluent in index finger, middle finger, twirling. I'm sorry, I, I didn't hear what you said. Could you say that again, please? Russ, is your onion? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Baragrag. When you describe what your onion, would you say that it's like an apple bottom badunkadunk? dunk <laughs> The proceeding was a presentation of the MEP Report, hosted at www.mepreport.com. All rights reserved. In no way should any part of this show be construed as an invitation to buy, sell, or trade flightless birds, or reassemble Voltron. Or at least not the stupid one of the cars. Please support the MEP Report by voting for the show at www.vitalpodcast.com, adding the show to your list of favorites at podcastpickle.com, and clicking on the Vote for MEP link on the MEP Report homepage to vote for us at podcastalley.com. Email us at Greg, Russ, Story, or Andy at mepreport.com, and call us and leave a voicemail or a fax at 206-600-MEP1. That's 206-600-6371. And finally, please join the fight to stop the senseless farming of emu plants. It's a moral, it's unethical, and frankly, it's just a little bit gross. Just another day away